Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today, we heard St. Paul, St. Paul's writing to the Philippians in chapter 4, in which the Holy Spirit guided him to declare, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We also heard of these words to rejoice in the Lord always as part of our intro at this past Sunday, a week ago. These really are excellent words for us to be considering as we are now on the cusp of Christmas, the very last Sunday before we celebrate with great joy the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Many people enjoy their various Christmas festivities that they engage in with their families. Many people find them to be a very joyous occasion but the times leading up to those celebrations can often be met with much anxiety. How often do we find ourselves so busy, especially in this week leading up to Christmas, that we do not find ourselves rejoicing the Lord? Or that our reasonableness, that is, this Christian love and service toward our neighbor is now lacking or that we aren't bringing our various prayers and supplications and thanksgivings to the Lord. We are finding our anxiety to be too high so that we are not in taking time even for prayer. We find ourselves often to be so filled with troubles and cares and concerns about everything being just right. How often then do our thoughts become misplaced or misfocused or misguided? We're so busy making sure that the house is clean, that the decorations are set up, the seasonal, treat, the seasonal treats are all baked, the gifts being purchased and wrapped, and still trying to ensure that there's some sort of balance in the checking account, that many, do not like this season because of its busyness and troubles and anxieties. Many long for Christmas time to be the way they remember it to be when they were children, without the various responsibilities that we now have, and with that wonder and excitement that children still exhibit today. While we adults cannot become children of God or children again, we do remain children of God who can listen to our loving Lord, who instructs us, who has taken on our burdens and our anxieties, who says to us, do not be anxious about anything. When considering these things, I cannot help but think about an occasion that St. Luke reports in chapter 10 regarding Mary and Martha, 
Martha, as Luke writes, had received Jesus into her house. Now, her sister Mary was also present, and she was sitting at the feet of Jesus as Jesus was teaching her the word of God. But then you have Martha. She was anxious. Jesus was there, and she wanted to make sure that all the preparations are set and in order. Everything is just right because the Lord is under her roof. She was so distracted with all these preparations that she knew that she could not take time to listen to that word of Jesus. And in her frustration over the apparent laziness of her sister, she finally says to Jesus, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. The response that Jesus gives is not the one that Martha is looking for. Martha thought that Mary was the problem here, for Martha was busy while Mary just was sitting there. But yet, Mary was listening to the word. And Jesus identified the true problem when he replied to Martha, saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. That one thing needful is, of course, the word of God. And whenever we choose the things that worry and trouble us over, the life-giving and life-saving word of God, we have become like Martha choosing the wrong thing. Whenever we decide that we need to take a break from hearing the word of God because we have all these preparations to get done, we have chosen the wrong thing. This doesn't just mean those preparations that we do to celebrate Christmas with our families. But this also includes the various things that we do at seed time and harvest or at other times when we're hosting family or friends or whenever we're just caught up in all the things that we know that need to get done in life. Being refreshed and renewed And resting in the saving word of Christ is, frankly, more important than all those things that might be giving you anxiety. Now, granted, both Mary and Martha both were doing important things. While it is most important to hear the word as Mary was doing, it is also important to serve others to live a life of service as Martha had been doing. But that service cannot get in the way of hearing the life-giving, life-saving word of Christ. For when we are not hearing, we cannot remain good workers in service toward God or our neighbor. Now, throughout our lives, we have plenty of occasions to make decisions and choices. 
to pick and choose if, we're, if we have the opportunity or if we have the skills or if we are, even have the time to help in this case, but maybe not in that case. But when it comes to one thing, the one thing needful, there should be not a decision, a time for making a decision, because that decision has already been made. When it is time for the divine service to take place, we can look at our appointment calendars and we can say, this time is already filled because I, as God's child, will be found like Jesus was in God's house at the feet of God's servant whom he has sent. We should never be saying, well, that only time that I have free is 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, and since you need my help, I'm going to help you at that time. No, our appointment calendar has already been set, and we've already made the promise. So why shouldn't this be an option? Why shouldn't we consider Sunday morning to be a time where we could finally get some extra rest or do the things that we didn't have time to do throughout the rest of the week? There are three reasons. Well, there's many, but I'm going to highlight three. First, God, through the third commandment, teaches you to hear the word of God and to learn it. Despising preaching and God's word is clearly forbidden in this third commandment. And so we make the word, hearing it, a priority, gladly hearing and learning it. The second reason is we want to be known as honorable people. People who are true to the word, to our word. We don't want to be known as dishonest people, and the church certainly does not want to have a reputation for deceit. So let's go back and consider our own confirmation promises. In our confirmation, we have promised that we will be like a Mary, that we will hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper frequently. We promised that we will not let anything come between us and our hearing of the word of God. That we will even be willing to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from the word, the saving word of Christ and the faith which God has given us in our baptism. And since this has been your promise, attending the divine service when it is offered is a decision and a choice that you have already publicly made. Third and most important, do not lose sight of what God is offering you in the divine service. As you hear this word of God and receive the Lord's Supper, Christ is present with his gifts. This isn't intended to be another hour that just adds to the anxiety that you may face and the busyness of your life. But instead, this is intended to be an hour for you to come and rest and receive the peace of God, which he grants you through his word by faith. 
For God is present and he is delivering to you what his word says. He is delivering to you the forgiveness of sins which you need, which results then in the life everlasting. In fact, the Holy Spirit only works through this word of God to sustain your faith and so that you remain and abide in Christ who loves you and redeemed you. And as you are being a Mary by first hearing the word, you then remember the various vocations that God has granted to you. For it is also fitting and divinely ordained for you to remain a Martha, to use your week in service to your neighbors in love, first with your family and then those who are near to you whether they are your neighbors or whether they are those whom you serve at work. But is it possible to be a Martha when we never have this hour, 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings, free to get some of those Martha jobs done? Of course it is. Because God gave you the gift of time. He gave you the rest of the week you may adjust your priorities. Also, don't get so anxious about it. As we heard from St. Paul, guided by the Holy Spirit, this is the word of God, do not be anxious about anything. And as Jesus teaches, when he tells us not to be anxious, he says, look at those birds of the air. They don't busy themselves with all the things that we do. They don't know where their next meal is coming from. And yet you can still hear their glad sounds. And God, of course, continues to take care of them. Now, if God so takes care of the birds of the air, how much more will he take care of you, whom he has redeemed and added to his family through the waters of holy baptism? You did also hear from our epistle lesson that the Lord is at hand. He's not distant and far off or absent when we are in here in his presence. For he is near to all who call upon him. He is near to hear your prayers and answer them according to his good and gracious will. He is your strength and your stay. He is your ever-present help in times of trouble. The Lord is certainly at hand. He is present. He is present in his word. He is present in the sacrament. He is present in his promise. He is our Emmanuel, after all. He is God with us. He is near. And with his presence, he has come to bless. He has come to bless you by comforting you by showering the forgiveness of sins upon you, by loving you, by being merciful to you, by granting you his peace, and by calling you to be his own. Many are terrified by the thought of being in God's presence, for they do not want God to know of the sins that they have committed, the hurts that they have caused, the times they have neglected the hearing of God's word or the temptations that they have faced. 
Many are like Peter who, after catching those boatloads of fish, fell down before Jesus and declared, not words of thanksgiving, but these shocking words. Peter said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. But thanks be to God, he does not leave us that easily. And that's a good thing. Adam and Eve, after they realized what they had done, having brought the entire world into sin and corruption, eating that forbidden fruit, they tried their best to hide from God, but God would not leave them. God refused to let them go, for had he left them alone as they wanted, they would have died without a Savior and without the hope of eternal life. If God leaves us alone, we too would die without a Savior. But since God is near, our Savior is near. And since our Savior is near, he gives us the necessary gifts for our salvation. The knowledge, the wonder, the joy that Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, dying in our place to forgive us of our sins, that he justifies us by his grace and he grants us the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, which means that we now have the confident hope of everlasting salvation. Because he is near, he hears those prayers and supplications. He hears our anthems and songs of thanksgiving. He hears the various requests and the things that trouble us. He heard the request that Martha had made. He heard it. He answered it truthfully and rightly in great love. And because he is near, we too have nothing to be anxious about. For he provides for all our needs of body and soul. If we are without spiritual nourishment, that becomes our own fault. His word is proclaimed here week after week. The sacrament is also administered, offered each week. Bible studies are available to you. Christ has given you a pastor who is here to minister to you according to your needs. The scriptures have been graciously translated accurately into your own language so that you have easy access to God's word all the time. Clearly, God is near to you and provides for you. And his presence is a cause for every reason of joy and rejoicing. Because he isn't present in order to destroy us, as many suspect, but instead he is present to save and to bless. When, Ma when Joseph wanted to put Mary the mother of our Lord, away. This is a different Mary than Mary and Martha. Because they were engaged and Joseph figured that Mary must have been with another man for why she is pregnant. God came to Joseph by means of a dream telling him that this child is conceived by the Holy Spirit and therefore, name Jesus, that name, the name Jesus means the Lord saves. 
He is so named because he has come to secure your eternal salvation. He did so by becoming one of us, a true human being in the flesh, God himself, who then went to the cross to shed his innocent blood. He is certainly Jesus, the Lord saves. And so the children, as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey saying, Hosanna, save us now. And he's also called Emmanuel, God with us, for he is near to you to grant you joy and peace in believing. He comes near to be your savior and your advocate, and his peace guards your hearts and your minds. This joy that is talked about, this rejoicing in the Lord that we hear about in Philippians chapter 4 is not just some sort of human feeling. The joy found throughout the Bible is not just an emotional reaction that even the heathen may have, but instead the joy and rejoicing in Christ is a fruit of the Holy Spirit which God works through his word and through the sacraments. For when the Holy Spirit is at work through these means of word and sacrament, the Holy Spirit is working his fruit, that is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And when the Spirit is at work through these means, there is no question our anxieties then decrease. We realize that much of what makes us anxious becomes less important and that God truly takes care of the needs that we have of both body and soul. As we are fed with the word and sacraments, we start to see what true life is all about. We begin to see that life is not about the things that trouble us or give us anxiety during this busy season, but instead it is all about Jesus, who is born for you, who lived for you, who fulfilled the law for you, who died for you, who rose for you, and who now reigns for you. John the Baptist was busy preaching Christ. He was preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was baptizing sinners into Christ, that is, John the Baptist preached Jesus, just like all the prophets who preceded him and like all faithful pastors whom God has raised up since. They preached Jesus, directing your hearts and minds to the author and perfecter of your faith, your Savior. For only through Jesus do you have access to God, your Heavenly Father. Only through Jesus do you have the gift of eternal life. Only through Jesus do you have peace with God. Only through Jesus can you be adopted into the family of God through, your whole, through the waters of holy baptism. Only through Jesus do you have that peace of God and the life everlasting. And so we rejoice in him always. And we recognize that we have every reason to be filled with joy as we belong to him, and there is no reason to be filled with so many worries and anxieties. We cast our cares upon him, 
because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen. Amen.